This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of Troy. Let's get started by talking about the city budget. Your city budget uh, was proposed uh, not too long ago, and it has a large tax increase, 28%, which certainly has been the headline on this story. Uh, Why is such a big tax hike needed? Well, Bob, you're right. 28% is uh, enormous, and it was quite agonizing uh, as that number uh, came into clearer focus as we were putting the the, uh, budget together. What drives that is the fact that for uh, some years, the city of Troy has not had a balanced budget. We've been structurally unbalanced, meaning we haven't had recurring revenues available to pay recurring expenses. We've been living off of one-shots. Uh, we have overstated our revenue. We have understated our expenses so that we can pass budgets with minimal tax increases. And we're at the point where the chickens have come home to roost. We've spent down our savings account, what we call uh, a reserve. Uh, there's nowhere else to go. Uh, we either need to eliminate certain services or we need to raise taxes to pay for the services that we deliver. What will that tax hike mean to the average homeowner? Well, we calculated that for somebody who owns a home that's assessed at $100,000, the the increase would amount to $28 a month. Hmm. It, it, that doesn't seem like a large increase for such a big number. <laughs> you know what I mean, 28%. Right. When we talk about 28% tax increase, um, uh, it, it seems bigger than the than the end result is. But, however, I, you know, I don't want to minimize it, $28 mm-hmm. a month. Uh, and uh, that that would be what fifty six dollars a month if your house is uh, assessed for two hundred thousand dollars. So uh, it is a it is a big increase. We acknowledge that, but um, uh, um, you're right. It's uh, it sounds bigger when you say the percent than when you say the dollar amount. Mm. And some of the other political leaders in Troy, at least one of them, when this came out, said uh, he, he fears for foreclosures. On, on private property because people won't be able to pay their taxes. Do you think that will happen? I, I, I don't see that happening on a large scale. We've, um, uh, the, the, the foreclosed uh, properties in the city of Troy uh, are of grave concern to me. Like so many other cities, we're still uh, suffering the results of the mortgage crash in 2008, but that wasn't driven by taxes. Uh, that was driven by uh, an overinflated housing market, um, and over-aggressive lending in the housing arena. Uh, most of the vacancies, the vacant buildings, rather, that we see in Troy uh, were investor-owned. These these weren't homeowners. Um, I'm sure it's going to create a, a burden for some of the homeowners, and, and uh, uh, that bothers me, that troubles me greatly. I just don't have a magic wand. I mm. can't see a way around it. And in terms of the, this large tax increase, uh, Troy, in a way, anybody who's lived there a while is no stranger to this. this some years ago, there was a 20% tax hike, wasn't there? It was about 20, uh, 20 years ago, exactly. Um, and, um, you know, these are not disconnected events. In the late 80s and early 90s, we ran up significant operating deficits. Uh, we were pretty much on the same path as we are today, except back then we didn't deal with it. Uh, today I'm trying to deal with it. Uh, and when we didn't deal with it, the debt uh, load became so great, we teetered on the verge of bankruptcy. And we had to appeal to the state to come in and set up a municipal assistance corporation that would restructure our debt. We're still paying that debt to this day, and we will be until 2022. 
So we're paying about $6 million a year uh, in debt service on expenses that were occurred that occurred in the late 80s and early 90s. So when the administration came in 20 years ago, they had that to deal with. They set up the MAC and they set up this payment schedule, uh, but consequently, and Consequently, they had to uh, do a tax increase back then as well. I think it was might have been 21 or 22 percent. Mm. Now, this is a budget proposal uh, that, that you submitted to the city council, and they have to approve it. I'd like to ask you a few questions about that. Sure. The Times Union, in an editorial, uh, gives you credit for putting forth what they called an honest but painful budget, and it warns your opponents that posturing, quote, doesn't balance budgets and that honest options need to be brought to the negotiating table. Are you encouraged by that editorial? Well, I am. I think they captured the essence of what's going on uh, quite well. And I do believe the council is intent on um, managing this uh, to the best interests of the city taxpayers. I'm, I'm confident we'll be able to sit down. There's some initial reaction that is be considered posturing some uh, initial response. But I think we'll settle down. We all have the best interests of the city at heart, and we'll work our way through this. Okay, well, maybe take a look at some of that initial reaction. But another thing the editorial mentions, and we talked about that the last time you we were on the program, which was the first time mm-hmm. that you're just elected mayor. This is your first year in office. And before that, you were with a nonprofit. And the newspaper editorial said that, well, you probably had a lot of experience, or did you have a lot of experience dealing with budgets when you were with this nonprofit? Oh, I had tons of experience. Nonprofits uh, today uh, need to, uh, you know, need to know how to put things together on a shoestring. There are no, uh, there's no fat in the nonprofit sector, at least not in the area where I worked. We put together budgets all the time that. Um, uh, that were quite challenging. We did projects. We did real estate development projects for affordable housing uh, that basically nobody else could put together. Um, I have I have a lot. I, I'm a little wonky when it comes to numbers. I enjoy <laughs> uh, doing that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've, I'm very experienced in putting together budgets and, and trying to create something out of nothing. And I know we also talked about this time, or last time, I mean, you were elected as a Democrat. The Republicans, I believe, have a majority on the city council in Troy. And the city council president, Carmela Mantello, as soon as you announced this uh, uh, budget, uh, said that the council will reject uh, what she calls this outrageous tax hike. Um, but from what you've said so far, you believe there's still room for compromise. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's one person's opinion. Uh, people on the council that I've been talking to, like myself, uh, they're upset by this. Uh, they're angry by the, uh, about this. Um, they, they would rather um, we not be in this position. Those are all emotions and feelings that I share as well. Um, there is an initial reaction. It, it's a stunning number. Um, but I think we will sit down, we'll roll up our sleeves, and, and we'll figure out how to move forward. When the, uh, some time ago, I guess it was last month, uh, the council proposed its own plan uh, for city spending, a 16-point plan that included an across-the-board cut in spending of 5%, negotiating a public safety fee with the city's two private uh, colleges, RPI, I imagine, and the Sage Colleges, to help fund uh, police and fire services. Have you incorporated these ideas into your budget plan? Well, uh, yes. Let me say a few words about it. It was a 15-point plan, um, and the bulk of the points in it had nothing to do with uh, 
numbers as much as they had to do with process. They were uh, parroting the uh, recommendations of the Office of State Controller uh, with respect to how we should put our budget together. Those are good, sound budgeting practices, and I'm glad to see that the council embraced those. Those are all incorporated in my budget. Uh, the remaining points, a couple of them um, would actually have cost us more money, um, one of them uh, proposed a new revenue source. We put that before the council in September, and they rejected it. Um, there were a couple in there that included uh, evaluating the cost of offering ambulance services through the fire department and evaluating the feasibility of uh, either leasing or selling our municipal golf course. Those two items have been looked at in the past. Uh, it has been determined that they're a net gain for us. That didn't make sense. Uh, to uh, uh, to scrap those services or sell those services. Um, and they've only gotten more efficient in the years since then. I will look at those again, uh, but they don't seem like uh, uh, a slam dunk to me. Of um, negotiating a public safety fee with the colleges, that's not something we can't force them uh, to pay us money. Both the colleges, uh, along with St. Peter's Health Partners, uh, do give us money each year uh, to the tune of about a half a million dollars. Additionally, RPI is a very significant taxpayer in the city. I think uh, they pay about a million dollars a year in taxes. So it's not as though they are not contributing. Could hmm. they contribute more? Well, perhaps. Um, and and we've you know we have conversations around that with them. But there's nothing we can do to force that issue. Um, and this is a this is a a, a mess of our making. Uh, it's not uh, of the making of the nonprofit sector. It's not a, a making of uh, RPI or Russell Sage. So, you know, it's a delicate conversation to have, and we are having that conversation. Joining us is Patrick Madden, the mayor of the city of Troy. We're going to continue with the uh, budget uh, discussion, but uh, have a couple other things we hope to squeeze in before the time is up. We focused on the, the tax uh, rate increase, uh, but the budget has a 6% spending increase. And I noticed one of the council recommendations was a 5% across the board spending cut, as, as I understood it. Why is the budget, uh, the spending in this budget going up so much? Well, the spending in the budget is uh, is going up relative to the budget of last, or, or of this year, of 2016. It's going up for a couple of reasons. One, a number of the expenses in the 2016 budget were understated, meaning um, that we did not include enough money in the mm -hmm. budget to cover uh, the programs we were offering. So in some respects, we are right-sizing that revenue to what it really costs. Um, secondly, there are a number of things that have increased uh, this past year, which we have no control over. So some years ago, we deferred are a portion of our pension payments to the New York State Pension Plan. Uh, we are needing to get that caught up now. So in 2017, we'll see a bump in our pension payments to the state. Um, health insurance has gone up considerably, particularly for our retirees. So that's a that's an increase in our budget. Um, insurance has gone up considerably. So there are things that, that mm -hmm. are going up that are out of our control. Um, in terms of, of staffing levels, there are uh, there's a there, it's a net zero. We're not increasing uh, mm. the size of the staff in any fashion. We're moving people around to create better efficiencies internally, but the net number is the same. 
if we try to balance this budget by imposing an across-the-board X percent uh, decrease in spending, what we will actually do is uh, drive up our expenses. And we, I think you have to keep in mind that we are a service organization. We provide services to the city of Troy. We plow snow. We fight fires. We don't determine when those fires occur or when that snow falls. We have to be there to provide that service. If we say we're going to cut back uh, 5% in the 10% in the fire department, what does that mean? Does it mean we stop fighting fires at the end mm. of October next year? We can't do that. Does it mean we stop plowing snow? We can't do that. Um, I, I think an, an across uh, a mentality that says cut spending across the board without regard to how it impacts the budget uh, demonstrates a, a lack of understanding around how municipal budgets work and the services that municipalities provide. It's not a viable uh, response. We have created what we call a fact-based budget. We look at the spending trends. We look at the cost of the deliver of delivering the services we deliver, and we cost that out. Um, that's the budget we presented. One more comment and then a question. We'd like to get into something else. But it, it does seem that the Troy's in worse shape financially than the other cities around here. Not that they don't have their financial problems, but that's just a, mm -hmm. a comment. But also, you have warned that this budget uh, will not bring the city's financial problems to an end. Uh, what happens then? Well, um, I, I don't know that we're worse off than the other communities. Even with, if this increase were to go through, our tax rate per thousand uh, is not higher than some of the surrounding urban areas. Mm. We're right in the pack. We're not an outlier in terms of our of our um, uh, tax rate. Uh, additionally, the other communities are not dealing with this legacy debt that Troy has been dealing mm -hmm. with for 20 years now. So that's that's adding six million dollars a year to our expenses. That's uh, a third to a quarter of what we raise in property taxes. So we have that burden on our shoulders right now that that makes us a little bit different. In terms of going forward, this what, what I it, this does not end our our fiscal challenges. It it sort of brings everything back to zero again, uh, and we will need to diligently work to keep expenses under control next year to to uh, find new revenue sources. Uh, to create efficiencies within government. And we do that every day. That's not just part of the budgeting process once a year. That's something we do 365 days a year, and we have made some success in that regard. Patrick Madden joining us, the mayor of Troy. Uh, let's talk about something else. Uh, your city has just uh, celebrated Troy Manufacturing Week. What's that all about? Well, we're dovetailing off of uh, Nanu uh, National Manufacturing Day, which was last Friday, and, it, and uh, it's an effort to bring attention to the manufacturing uh, that occurs within the city. And, uh, you know, when we think of manufacturing, we think of the old uh, steel plants and the big, uh, dirty factories. And manufacturing today is a whole different uh, uh, ball of wax. It's uh, often... Uh, small. It's um, nondescript. You don't see it necessarily when you drive by, uh, but we still have quite a bit of manufacturing uh, in the city. It's just is it, it's taking on taking on a uh, 21st century appearance. You don't mm. see it. It's cleaner. It's uh, more efficient. It's smaller. We make a lot smaller things than we used to, uh, but there's a lot of work going on in Troy in terms of manufacturing, and our two uh, two of our great 
educational institutions in the city, uh, both RPI and Hudson Valley, have very, very impressive programs that employ the um, workforce for 21st century manufacturing. Let's give an example of that. Uh, you recently visited something called Ross Valve. What do they do? Yes, Ross Valve is a very impressive operation. They create, as you might guess, valves. Um, I don't know how long they've been in business, but it's it's quite a while. And it's um, uh, it's probably the, the most significant heavy manufacturing facility in the city. But they create valves for... Uh, all the water lines uh, that run under the cities and, and communities. Uh, I know they're doing work for valves uh, that will be deployed in Saudi Arabia. I've seen these valves. You can walk through them. They're so huge. Uh, and they're finely machined and computer-controlled valves. I had a, a friend I ran into a few weeks ago, and um, she had been in uh, Santa Domingo in the Dominican Republic, and when she was walking along the street, she glanced down, and there was a valve cover on the ground for a water valve that was underneath it, and it said Ross Valve Troy. <laughs> They're all over the world, literally. Yeah, that probably would be like seeing a, a Troy shirt collars in uh, Dubuque or something yes, yes, years ago. Yep. Uh, and there's another company, uh, Gurley Precision Instruments. Yes. Um, I'm going to visit there today and, and look at their operations uh, I know Gurley has been around for uh, quite some time. I know they started out making um, instruments that were used in surveying, and they made the transits and the and the levels. But uh, today I'm going to learn how that has moved into the 21st century and how that's become uh, uh, part of the uh, you know the tech equipment that we use today. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh, and there's been a parking study in downtown Troy, which is getting busier. Uh, what are some of the things they're talking about in that? Well, the um, parking study uh, uh, told us uh, that we don't really have uh, the parking problem that we think we have. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not to say that you can, you can uh, find a spot in front of the store you want to walk into, but the on-street and the uh, municipal parking spots that are available, if properly managed, uh, can meet the need that we have currently. Okay. Uh, greater development, of course, is going to put more stress and strain on that, but we'll, we'll address that as development unfolds. You've been listening to Talk of the Town with Troy Mayor Patrick Madden on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. Our regular guest, Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan, will return next week.